You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Support for this podcast comes from Lindy. Hi, I'm Julie Larson Brisher, Science and Technology Editor for Meeting Place Magazine. Welcome to Episode 17 of Meeting Pod, where we're talking poultry meat quality science, woody breast research, and the great hashtag chicken sandwich tour with Dr. Casey Owens, Novus International Professor of Poultry Science and Professor, Department of Poultry Science at the University of Arkansas. Casey has an eye for quality, especially when it comes to scoping out ways to help poultry processors detect and deal with issues like woody breast and white striping. She's been instrumental in fostering a standout poultry quality research program at the University of Arkansas with a strong view toward applied solutions. She serves as a principal investigator for numerous research projects, including studies aimed at reducing muscle myopathy losses during poultry processing and studies looking at using accelerometers and artificial intelligence to predict the presence of woody breast in live broilers throughout grow out and in broiler fillets. Casey also takes her expertise on the road with a number of practical workshops on poultry meat quality and processing, including the popular Poultry 101 and Poultry 201 workshops on poultry meat quality and marination, developed in conjunction with Dr. Shelley McKee and Christine Alvarado. Both workshops feature a combination of educational seminars and hands-on laboratory exercises to demonstrate the use of functional ingredients, equipment, and troubleshooting when formulating further processed poultry products. Following a hiatus in 2020 due to the pandemic, the workshops are expected to resume later this year. In March, she started another roadworthy endeavor. Casey began visiting chicken sandwich eateries in her area, dubbing it hashtag chicken sandwich tour and posting her reviews on Facebook. Welcome to Meeting Pod, Casey. I'm really happy to have you on the podcast today. All right. Thank you, Julie. I appreciate the invitation. I'm really um, happy to be a part of the successful Meeting Pod series. It's quite an honor for me. Oh, great. Well, you know I want to get to your fantastic chicken sandwich tour. But Casey, I want to catch up with you first on what's happening in the world of poultry quality research. So let's start with sort of a big picture question. What would you say are the biggest factors affecting poultry product quality today? And is the economic impact Mm -hmm. still an issue for poultry processing operations? All right. Well, that's a loaded question, but um, the best answer I can give you right now is that Product defects, such as woody breast, you mentioned a little bit earlier, are still problematic in the industry, especially in whole muscle products. Um, That's where they seem to have the most impact on texture and water holding capacity. It's common to see when we're processing large broilers um, in the industry, and the industry does process a great deal of large birds. Most of our birds are over six pounds in the U.S. industry. The defects generally increase as they get bigger, and then um, processors have the ability to adapt fairly well, though. So we've had this issue going on for several years now, but they've been able to handle the situation, even though there is still an economic impact. They can divert that product into meat products that are communated or ground, where the 
impact of those textural qualities or the defects don't make such a negative impact on, on the product. So as I said earlier, the whole muscle products are more affected in terms of texture and water holding capacity, but forming these into new products can help mask some of those effects. Additionally, we just recently completed a research study in our lab to look at quality changes of broilers over time. So broilers are processed from four up to nine, nine pounds and bigger. And we assess tenderness and water holding capacity in terms of drip and cocosis and things like that, and woody breast and other myopathy defects. And by far, by woody breast and some of the other defects are, are what changes the most over that long period of time. Tenderness, it kind of jumps around, but there's some other factors that can influence tenderness, such as in processing, deboning times, and so forth. But And then in terms of water holding capacity, we tend to see that that can improve over time, but that's generally because the plates are getting bigger. And so the percentage loss seems to be a little bit less as it goes on. So hopefully that answers your question there. Yeah, well, you know, where are we with um, these quality problems at the processing level in terms of technologies or methods or some sort of science-based strategy to sort of be able to detect or mitigate those problems? Several technologies are in development stages. We've recently had a patent issued on detecting woody breasts at the carcass level, and that's using carcass dimensions to predict woody breasts in the fillets. And then we're also currently evaluating the use of accelerometers to help detect woody breasts, but that's also in its early phases. Researchers in Georgia at USDA, the ARS Center, have received a patent to detect woody breasts at the fillet level, and they use image analysis to do that. And then there's other researchers that have investigated biological impedance in NIR as methods for detection of woody breasts. Now, most of those technologies, I would say, are still in development or testing phases by processors. Some of them are ready for that commercialization phase. But in the meantime, I would say that most processors are still using hand sorting. You know, we have to remember that it does require labor and training all involved to help do that hand sorting in plants if they're going to divert product or remove the most severely effective legs and so forth. So it is still an area of research by universities and other institutes for development of these processes to help detect woody breasts and other myopathies. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of talk, too, about woody breasts still. You know, even after all these years, people are really looking for the methods by which you detect before it gets on there. Is there any new research in that area on detecting prior to getting even into the harvest? We received a research grant from U.S. Poultry and Egg last year to look at the use of accelerometers. Accelerometers are used in these activity tracking devices fit for name, namely for one. I know that's gotten used quite a bit, but we are in the middle of that research, um, but our hopes are that these accelerometers can be used to detect woody breasts in the birds when they're in a live state. By doing that, we could use that for research purposes or potentially breeding programs, you know, if it was successful. We're also trying to use that technology to assess the fillets like in a, in a deboned area, so in the processing plant. 
you know, can we can we look at the vibrations and see if those are impacted by their degree of severity of woody breast or other myopathy? So we're still in the very early stages of that. COVID, I would say, has slowed us down just a little bit in our timeline, but I'd say we're about halfway through on that on that process. But to really get that optimized, it, it'll take a little bit longer to do. But detecting woody breast in the live birds would be very useful in terms of research and breeding. Right now, it can be done with hand palpation, but that's very labor-intensive and so forth. But I think that the breeding companies are making strides on reducing this in flocks and, and so forth. And I would say that we, we're seeing a little bit of a decrease in the industry. It's still present, but I've been in just a couple of plants this past year, not very many because of COVID, but I was pleasantly surprised with the relatively decreased severity or instance of that severity in a plant. Our conversation today continues in just a moment after a word from our sponsor, Lindy. Lindy is pleased to sponsor this podcast. As an industrial gas equipment and engineering provider to the food processing industry, Lindy's cryogenic liquid nitrogen and liquefied carbon dioxide gases provide precise temperature control in several areas on the processing floor. Cooling, chilling, and freezing of food products, whether they are raw, marinated, or cooked, helps maintain inherent product quality, moisture, taste, and appearance. Browse our dedicated food industry site at www.lindyfood.com. And now back to today's podcast. Well, are there any other areas of poultry science that you're finding exciting right now in terms of quality and safety of chicken and chicken products? Well, you know, I've focused a lot of my time on quality, but we all know that food safety is very important Important, and uh, the use of antimicrobials are definitely useful and they are effective in reducing and preventing microbial growth. And there are lots of different alternatives out there in the marketplace and undergoing research as well. But I always think coming from my quality side that it's very important to assess the impact of those antimicrobials on product quality because a lot of times the things that can prevent growth or, or eliminate microbes or whatnot may harm product quality. So while food safety is very important, you can't just, you know, really decrease the quality of that product. It won't be worth selling. So I try to look at the quality impacts um, from these antimicrobials and look at like yield and water holding capacity, changes in color, um, and so forth. That's kind of an exciting area for me. Um, we've got some other things in the works, but, you know, I feel like we're kind of just getting back up to the swing of things with um, the pandemic. Hopefully we're seeing more some light at the end of the tunnel on that and we'll get to some more research opportunities in the near future. That's great. You've been doing another kind of quality research in a way uh, when you launched the hashtag chicken sandwich tour in March um, through your Facebook profile. And a lot of us folks who follow you enjoyed the virtual ride along with your mission to try to try all the new chicken sandwiches on the market in your local area. Some of those picks, Casey, really were absolutely mouthwatering. <laughs> but uh, what what made you think of doing this, and what did you learn from your tour? Oh gosh, I wish you could see the smile on my face when you brought the topic up because I've had a lot of fun doing this chicken sandwich tour this this semester. I'd say what really spurred it on was that I'm teaching my um, value added muscle foods course this semester. 
that class, we kind of dive more into further processing after learning a lot of the fundamentals about poultry meat science, meat science in general too, but I've always obviously focused on poultry. But it gets me thinking about poultry products on the market when I talk to students. And so earlier in the year, chicken sandwich seemed to be trending. I know that there was a big chicken sandwich war in the last couple of years, but there seemed to be some new ones coming out on the market this spring and so forth. And so I actually started this at a local restaurant that's kind of run in conjunction with one of our local processing companies. And so they have a nice little restaurant and they featured this huge chicken sandwich and it was delicious. I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep trying some of these sandwiches. And so McDonald's then just launched their new crispy chicken sandwich. And so I tried that one and enjoyed doing that and i've obviously got some of my favorite ones that that have been long-term favorites like chick-fil-a i thought this would be a fun thing to do over the coming months and so i normally report back to my students when i meet with them and i've tried to get them involved and so since i do not like spicy products i'm kind of a spice wimp i'll admittedly say that some of them have taken on doing the spicy versions for me. And so they're supposed to get me a little report by the end of the semester. And I'll be excited to kind of see that, but they kind of touch base with me throughout the semester. I've probably done about 10 or 11 so far. I kind of had to do these just kind of weekly thinking about my waistline, but um, you know, I'd like to eat them every day of the week, but um, you know, those fried foods can get to you pretty quickly, especially as you get older. But um, say most of the products I'm in have been trying, have been in fast food, but there have been a few dine-in ones. I kind of put them in different categories. And then I've also been known to try a few new products that have been in the frozen food section. So you said something about me doing reviews. I have done a little bit of review. I'm a review on Facebook. I've not tried to make this about doing a review. It's more about celebrating chicken for me and trying new products. What I've enjoyed most is having people comment and then actually I tried a sandwich here, you should try this one, or we've done our own little tour here in Alabama or Wisconsin or you know wherever they're located. A friend of mine actually just emailed me last night and said, we, we're in Florida and we just tried the one from Culver's. And so um, I said, well, do you mind if I share that? And so I'm gonna share that to my Facebook page later on. But that's been fun to get kind of people involved. And um, again, it's all about more celebrating chicken and enjoying those products. And so. I'm not going to ask you to name names, but out of the top sandwiches that you uh-huh. have tasted now, what would be like the two or three top quality characteristics that would would make them rise to the, you know, must have list? Oh, that's a good question. Sometimes my favorites are not someone else's favorite. So it's really depends on preference. But I tend to like the what the fillets that are not too thin and not too thick. Obviously, the ones from a KFC or Popeyes, they're fairly big sandwiches and they're really good. But I don't need a sandwich quite that big sometimes. I'm like, I could probably just eat half that and enjoy it and, and so forth. But it's a nice thick and you get a nice piece of fillet and the breading's always good. The breading doesn't have to be light and it doesn't have to be heavy. And so it kind of is a personal preference on what you like there. I'd say the thinner fillets, they're still good. They're just in a different category. Sometimes the people are like, well, which one do you like? I'm like, sometimes it's comparing apples to oranges, you know, again, to a preference. Just recently, I was at baseball games this weekend and we stopped by Sonic. And I thought, well, I'm going to try something that they have, but I wanted something light. And so they had a little 
Sonic Chicken Slinger is what I think the name of it is. And um, I enjoyed that one a lot because it was a smaller portion. So I kind of like those snack size things I can get at these fast food restaurants as well. But anyway, that was kind of a vague answer because I like them all. <laughs> Just again, preferences. Well, you, want, you want, definitely want good texture in the product and, and the breading and flavor helps too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it must be a, a fun experience, especially coming from this poultry quality science background yeah. to be able to, to go in and, and actually know which characteristics, you know, are really seem science based almost when you say it. So, well, but I, I want to thank you today, Casey, for taking the time to talk with us on Meeting Pod. And listeners, you can learn more from Casey in our science profile, Quality Standout, where she shares quality insight into applied research and applied poultry processing solutions. To find it online, visit our website at meetingplace.com and search the magazine archives for the October 2020 issue, which features former Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue on the cover. If you're interested in Poultry 101 and 201 workshops, visit poultry101.com, where you'll find more about the educational programs and individual consulting opportunities to improve the quality, safety, and welfare of poultry and poultry meat and egg products. Or find Casey on Facebook and check out her hashtag chicken sandwich tour to take a gander at some of those delicious sandwich picks. Thanks again, Casey. I hope for an invite to the next and hopefully IRL chicken sandwich tour. That's right, Julie. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And I would definitely love to catch a chicken sandwich with you in the future um, and get back to some of these in-person meetings and um, just eat more chicken. Like I know I take take that tagline from one of the, the great restaurants out there, but it's been really fun talking to you today and um really sharing my love for poultry i do love poultry that's <laughs> great see you soon thanks also to lindy for sponsoring today's podcast thanks for spending time with meeting pod today remember to tune in on mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply be sure to subscribe to meeting pod on spotify Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media, or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net.